Welcome to the Arkansas Children's Live, Learn, and Play podcast. It's September, and September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. So today we bring you the second in a series of podcasts with childhood cancer survivors. Today you'll meet Caden. She's one of my favorites. I've known her for several years and watched her as she has battled this horrible disease, but I always laugh when I'm around her, and I always find her story so inspiring, and I think you will too. Now, here's Caden. Welcome to the Arkansas Children's Live, Learn, and Play podcast. I'm Jennifer Cobb, and I'm here today with Caden Peoples, and we are going to be talking about something that not everybody wants to discuss. Um, It's childhood cancer, and September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and Caden is one of our Arkansas Children's Hospital ambassadors, so I asked her here to share her story with us. Caden, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So let's go back to how old were you when you were first diagnosed? I was 17 when I was initially diagnosed, um, but I began having symptoms at 16. And what were those symptoms? Um, So my initial diagnosis was Ewing sarcoma, uh, bone cancer, and my main symptom was pain. Um, I was misdiagnosed with a sports injury for eight months. I did competitive cheer, and we just thought, you know, maybe... Um, I did something to my hip, uh, maybe while tumbling or stunting, um, and it led to um, a bone cancer diagnosis, a pediatric cancer diagnosis. And was that here at Arkansas Children's Hospital? Yes, I received my diagnosis here. Um, I initially started at another hospital, um, and then when they found the mass, I was sent here immediately. And where's home? I should have started uh, Home there. is Nashville, Arkansas. Okay. And, but tell everybody where you're living right this very minute. I am living in Conway because I am a student at UCA. That's wonderful. That's right. I should have started there, but Caden <laughs> is 21 years old, and so she has been uh, fighting the good fight for four years now. So you're diagnosed at 17. You have your first rounds of chemo, and did you have any radiation as well? Yes, I did uh, 17 rounds of chemo for my initial diagnosis and then 32 rounds of radiation. I did quite a bit of both. And I know you've been back and forth to, is it Tennessee? Yes. Tell yes. me how that is split out. What are, the, what, are the, what are the things you do here in Little Rock, and what are the things you travel for still? Um, well, so the reason I go to Tennessee is because I was later diagnosed uh, with secondary leukemia caused by the treatments I did, um, and that returned later as well. Um, so I've had two transplants, stem cell transplants, in Tennessee, and that's where my transplant team is. Um, So I go there to have my marrow checked. They do bone marrow biopsies. um, And I am currently doing, um, it's called DLI, it's donor lymphocyte infusions. But basically, every two rounds of chemo that I do, then they give me these T cells, which are baby lymphocytes. Um, They they give me these cells... um, and then I come back home and I do two more rounds of chemo and I do those rounds here at Arkansas Children's. So let's walk back a minute. You have the bone cancer diagnosis. You have 17 rounds of chemo and 32 rounds of radiation. Uh, at this point, are you, is it senior year yet? I was diagnosed February of my junior year um, and that went, the treatment went on until 
about April of my senior year. So I went for the last month of senior year. Oh my goodness. I was doing, I mean, I was doing schoolwork at home, but actually in the class just the last month. Okay. All right. So, uh, well, let's talk about that last month. What was it like to finally go back to school after being out for almost a year? What did you, I guess, what did you miss most? Well, it was really exciting, but it was also kind of strange because essentially it was the end um, and everyone was wrapping up and ready to move on and I was going back. Um, So that was kind of strange. Um, But I was excited because um, I was able to graduate with my class and I was going on to college and doing all the normal teenage things. I went to prom. So that's great. Um, And how we, we touched on this in a conversation a little bit ago, but what can you talk to me about the importance of like when you're a teenager and you get a diagnosis like this? Um, what's the importance of community, of your friends, of your family, and how they rally around you? Oh, community is so important. Um, I'm really blessed to have an amazing community in Nashville. Um, Immediately, um, everyone at all of the churches was praying. Um, My family couldn't go anywhere without everyone saying they're praying for me. You know, people were bringing food by. Uh, just a lot of support and that really makes it easier not only on the patient but also the patient family Um, and the patient's family is often forgotten and that's important they need the support as well so community is really important. And what about the community that you built at Arkansas Children's Hospital? Let's talk a little bit about (laughs) life on 4k if we can. Um, Were you when you let's explain to the audience when you have your chemo and your radiation what part of that is outpatient and what a part of that is inpatient? Um, so for the first, pro- I've been doing this four and a half years, and for four years, all of my chemo was inpatient. I just recently um, transferred to outpatient chemo. Um, and my chemo, usually I would go for about a week, give or take a few days. You know, it might be eight or nine days, or it might be six days. Um, but you're there for a bit. And if you get some sort of infection or you know, you're not doing well. You can be there for a while. I've, my longest stay was two and a half months. <laughs> Gosh, my goodness. And, and what, when was that? Um, that was when I was first diagnosed with secondary leukemia. Um, I actually developed a fungal infection, um, and things were pretty serious at that point. That was right before I went uh, to Tennessee for transplant, and we had to get rid of that so I could go to transplant. Okay, and is your uh, is your family able to stay with you, or were they having to drive back and forth to Nashville? What was that like for your family? You know, I'm really blessed with an amazing family, and I I don't know that I've stayed without my family, and not maybe one night, and that was because I asked to have a friend stay instead. Um, <laughs> it wasn't because they couldn't. They've always been there, um, but it wasn't easy for them. They've uh, my mom and my dad and my grandpa as well. They've all three taking shifts, um, because I have two younger siblings, so someone has to be at home as well, uh, making sure that homework and dinner and um, activities are getting done. Um, But they've really been amazing, and they've always been there, and they're involved with talking to my doctors. They're up for rounds, and they're just, they're amazing. So during the two-and-a-half-month stay or during the the week-long stays, what kind of what kind of relationships and friendships are formed on the cancer unit by folks who by families who were there? 
Well, it's different than other units because it's typically the same patients. So you're seeing um, the same kids and teens. um, And so bonds are formed and um, you start to spend a lot of time with these other patients and families. And talk a little bit about that because I think people think when you're in the hospital, you're kind of stuck in your room. But at a children's hospital, it's a little bit different. So what are some of the things that y'all would do together? Um, Well, so pet therapy is one of my favorite things. Um, Every Wednesday night um, in the family house on 4K, the oncology unit, um, a dog comes. And so we all go down to the unit. um, And you notice if someone's not there because we're all consistently there together. Um, And then music therapy, art therapy, a lot of times we'll do this together. Um, Child life is really great. They come in and they do crafts. Um, I've played dolls with little girls. I've played trucks with little boys. Um, so it just kind of depends. Anything that kids normally do or teens normally do, it's happening. Let's talk for a second about your special friend, Keegan. <laughs> I warned you that I wanted to bring him up. He, we all loved him so much. Uh, but y'all had just one of the most precious relationships, and I met you, actually, right after this happened. So can you tell me about Keegan and about the fun thing that y'all did to support each other? Keegan was the most amazing little boy. Um, Keegan had brain cancer, and when I met him, he had been fighting for several years. Um, And he was one of the first people I met who had been fighting for a long time, and he kind of showed me how to do that. Um, But one one night, it was really late. It was almost 2 in the morning, um, and we were all still up because it had been kind of a tough day for both of us for different reasons. Um, I had missed senior night, um, and I cheered, so that was – a big deal it seems kind of silly but that was a big deal to me and I was disappointed that I wasn't there and then also even more seriously uh, Keegan had received some bad scans that day so everyone was just kind of in a bit of a slump um, and I was talking with Keegan's mom Robin and I, I don't remember exactly how the idea came up but it, it came up and next thing I know Keegan and I are having a wedding <laughs> on on the oncology unit at 2 a.m. It, it was amazing. The pictures are really, are really <laughs> darling. Both of y'all just smiling so big, and it was so cute. Uh, and just a really great example of those relationships that are formed and the ways that, um, the ways that you support each other and get through that. Um, so you made it through the first round of bone cancer, and then how old were you when you got the secondary leukemia diagnosis? Um, initially, I was 18. It was only six months after I finished treatment, um, and it was right. It was a year to the day after I had found out I was in remission from the bone cancer. Um, and what uh, what did that look like? What did that journey? How what, what new journey did you then begin? Um, that was much scarier. Um, I think each time it gets a little scarier um, just because you start to wonder what kind of options you have. Um, and leukemia was an unknown territory. I had friends who had had leukemia, and um, I watched them go through treatment, and it was much different than my bone cancer treatment. Um, but I immediately started chemo, um, And they told me to expect to be in the hospital for about a month just because it was going to make me so sick. Um, And that's when I developed the fungal infection, um, and I was there for over two months. 
and you went briefly into remission? I, w- I went, when I went to Tennessee, I was not in remission yet. Okay. Um, I had done one round of chemo with, for the leukemia at that point, and so I went, and I was actually there from November to February doing more chemo, trying to get it down to zero percent, um, just because there's a higher success rate if you go into transplant with zero percent. Um, I have a great doctor out there, and you know he, he's willing to try it, but it's just you know the success rates are not as high if you go in without zero percent. Um, but when I went in, um, we had the transplant, and the transplant was successful, and that got me down to zero percent. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I didn't have my language correct. Thank you. Um, and that was February of what year? Seventeen. So at that point, did you go back to school? What did you do? So at that point, um, I went home in May. You have to stay in town for three months. You spend the first month in the hospital. And then after you leave the hospital, you're at an apartment just right down the street, and you're going into clinic every day um, because you're still pretty sick for a bit. Um, But then in the fall, um, I was able to go back to school. I went... um, I took classes at home um, at a community college there in Nashville. Um, And then that spring of 18, I was able to go for my first semester at UCA. That's great. And tell everybody what you're studying. Well, so I'm an English education major, and then I have plans to go on and get my master's in child life. That's right, and I think you're going to be an expert because you've already honed your skills in the hospital, haven't you? Thank you. So we have one more step to talk about. Uh, You're not quite through, so you're back in school, and uh, then what happens next? Well, I went to school, um, and I had that spring semester, and I was doing really great. Um, I was making friends, I was going to class, I was living on my own, doing typical things like laundry and trying to figure out how to cook. Um, and then I, I had a class that summer and then I went home for the rest of the summer. And at the end of the summer in July, I had some labs that were a little off. And I think at that point I knew, but um, you have to wait and see a trend in lab work before we just test the marrow. Um, so again, in August, when the lab work was even more off, um, I really knew the end that I was relapsing. And it was kind of strange because at that point I was a year and a half post-transplant and it's not as expected once you're a year out. Um, we didn't have any more scheduled bone marrows at that point, but, um, I went back to Tennessee and they tested my marrow because of the lab work that was off and we did see that the leukemia was back. And did you have another transplant? I did more chemo, and I did more radiation, and then I had another transplant. Okay, and so how long have you been home now? Well, so the transplant was in November, and I came home this February. Um, So I've been home since February. Great, and started school in August. Yes. That's wonderful news. (laughs) Um, One of the things that I wanted to dig into with you and explore for a minute is the the reality and the expectation. Um, So, you know, kind of like fact and fiction or assumptions that we all make. We hear childhood cancer and we hear a child's been diagnosed and we think we know what that means, right? So walk me through, let's go back to when you were 17 years old and you heard for the very first time you have cancer. 
What did you think was going to happen? What were your expectations of what life was going to be like? Well, um, I did not have any experience with anyone um, going through treatment or having cancer. I really did not know much about it. Um, But at the time, um, the book, The Fault in Our Stars, had just come out, and I had just read it before I had any problems that we knew were serious, um, and all my friends had read it. And so I think we thought it might would be kind of like that book or the movie, um, and maybe to some aspect going to the hospital and treatments, but no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, so what was the reality then? The reality was that I was going to be really sick um, and that I was going to have to go to the hospital a whole lot. Um, I remember my doctor telling me I was how often I would have to come in for chemo, and I expected to go to class on the days that I did not come for chemo, and I learned very quickly that that was not going to be happening um, because, A, I would be too sick from the chemo, and, B, it, my counts would be too low to be around large groups of people. Then you basically took your entire that entire school year off. I was studying at home. I had to do online schoolwork, but I wasn't going in every day. That has to impact you as a teen, when especially when you're an active cheerleader, you do competitive cheer, you're bound to have a big group of friends, and suddenly you can't be around them because your counts are low. How did that affect, or did it affect, your, your mental health and your sort of outlook on life? Um, I mean, it did change, um, but I do kind of feel like I'm a social butterfly, and I had amazing friends that really worked with me. Um, My best friend Maddie came over every Sunday night that I was home and spent the night, whether I was terribly sick or not, she was there. Sometimes other friends were there. Um, And it it was just sometimes people would come over after school. Um, So my friends, they really, they did stick around. I know that's not always the case for other teens, but I was really blessed there. Let's talk for a few minutes about the doctors and the nurses and the care that you received at Arkansas Children's um, over the last four and a half years, starting back with that first stay and then that two-month stay. What, what's it like? Well, Arkansas Children's is different than other hospitals because the staff here really cares. Um, they don't just come in and tell you the medical info that you need to know or give you the treatment that you need. Um, they sit down and they talk to you and they ask how you're feeling, how you're doing, and what they can do to help. And that makes a big difference. And when you're inpatient for so long, are there, are there favorite nurses? Mm-hmm. Are there, you know, people that you form relationships with? Absolutely. Um, there are some of the nurses are the closest friends that I have today. Um, they've been there for me when I was at my lowest of lows. And They've taken care of me. Kaden, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. You are such a warrior and such an example to everybody. And the fact that you are always so willing to do anything we ask of you to share your story, I really appreciate you being here. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm always happy to come and share how Arkansas Children's and um, God have both uh, done amazing things in my life and If it wasn't for both of them, then I I wouldn't be here today. Thank you for listening to the Arkansas Children's Live, Learn, and Play podcast, where we talk about the people, places, and programs of Arkansas Children's. I appreciate Caden for coming out and talking to us today. I hope you found it as inspiring as I did. 
So in the meantime, I'd like for you to like, subscribe, and review this podcast wherever you get your content. And then next week, I'll introduce you to another teenager who you're just going to love. Her name is Alex Heinerman, and she just went through chemotherapy and is is got some good news, but she's still battling. So that'll be next week on the Arkansas Children's Live, Learn, and Play podcast.